it's important for us, brethren, to to talk. And tonight we are going to be talking from principal material, as you can see, is quite old. Um, 19, what? Oh, you're not seeing it, yeah? 1979. 40 years. And um, um, had mommy been alive, we would still have all the quarterlies from her baptism until now. Yes. Uh, she always keep them in the bed head. You know those bed heads you can draw. Uh, and when that fill up, she fill other side. So the entire place was all, all quarterly. Um, and after the death, most of them got misplaced. But I saved this one because of its importance. It's um, the entire series was dealing with the Lodician Church and um, also discovered too that the use of King James, um, yes, while it was prominent then, they also used the NIV, which is the one that we think is giving trouble. But brethren, no matter what the version of the Bible is, you know, the, the truth necessary for salvation is there. Because the Lord has not allowed, but as the translators want to be in translating out Jesus out of the scriptures, the Lord still put limit on them. So we, the, we know that um, the essence of being saved is for you to keep the commandments and have the testimony of Jesus. And it's in every version. Yes. Um, so for the month of April, we're going to be looking at revival and reformation. And um, what we know is that the church on a whole is in need of revival and reformation. Why? Because somewhere along the line, we have become sick, spiritually sick. Um, to the point where the, the, the spiritual death hand is hanging over many members of the church. And the fact of the matter is, no matter how good as a human church brother or sister you are trying to be, only God can revive his church. And no matter what you want to say, um, you can condemn somebody who is facing spiritual death. You have to put them in the, the hand of the Lord. Um, the Joel says in Joel 2 and verse 1, Blow he the trumpet. Where? Where? In Zion. Uh, and when you blow a trumpet, you ever hear Micah bus a man in that? You can hear Micah bus from Junction. Yeah. There's a trumpet on it. So when you blow a trumpet in Zion, you're blowing a trumpet for a reason. The people are either deaf or they are what? Asleep. But the, the result is, and we know it's asleep, it's not deaf with death, is that we must wake up. But 
the specific of this is that the Lord says it must be blown in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. And it's trembling for a reason. That's why they put the colon now, so they're going to give an explanation. Why, as a church, we must tremble when we hear this message, or when we hear the trumpet. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Uh, well, let's get the essence of it. What is the day of the Lord? In our context, the day of the Lord is the second one. Coming. And it is what? Nigh. Nigh meaning what now? Near. Near. It is near. Near coming. Yes, Zion is a church. So the, the, the warning must go to the church from who now? From the prophet. Um, and um, the prophet in this case is um, warning Israel of um, the fact that Israel is about to be invaded by the enemy. Um, yes, that's a historical application, but the words are preserved today for us in the final hour that we need to sound the warning to the church and outside of the church that Jesus is coming soon. And he's not just coming, he wants prepared people. And the question is, will there be prepared people? And the answer is yes. The more serious question is, will you and I be prepared to meet him? And if, if we are going to be prepared, there are, there are particular things that we must do. The prophet calls for the trumpet to be sounded in the church. The message was to spread an alarm in the holy mountain of God, his church. In view of that great day, the day of the Lord, the word of God in the most solemn and impressive language calls upon his people to arose from their spiritual lethargy and to seek his face with repentance and humiliation. Now, there are certain prerequisites to repentance and repentance. Um, proud people can't repent. Uh, and persons who do not know the scriptures or don't, who don't love the scriptures can't repent either. Persons who don't love the commandments of God can't repent because they are not seeing what no, the, the fault that is within them. So it is important that Christians study the word. But we can see that there is a deficit. We don't have to be specific, but we know that there are deficits in all aspects of our, our lives. We're not putting it in somebody else's. Let's put it in ours. There are deficits and we are falling short, and the Lord is saying we still have a little time, probationary time, in which to, to make our calling and election sure. To prepare our people to stand in the day of the Lord, a great work of reformation was to be accomplished. God saw that many of his professed people were not building for eternity. And in his mercy, he was about to send a message of warning to arouse them from their stupor 
and lead them to make ready for the coming of the Lord. In view of the earth-shaking events that are about to occur in the day of the Lord, church members must be awakened by a voice of alarm. They must seek a deep and genuine conversion. What does, what does it mean to be converted? Um, I remember having a van in on the, the carburetor. Couldn't match. I don't know where partner I put it. But the, the gentleman said, you have to make something to convert it. It's a completely changed thing. God wants us to have a change. To change from what we are now into what he wants us to, to be. Yes. Um, a spiritual reformation must be effected in the church in preparation for the great events of the end of time. Undoubtedly, we are living in the supreme hour of history. God is ready to intervene powerfully in the affairs of this world. Forty years ago, they, they, they didn't know that. They, well, they knew it, they wrote it down. But they didn't see the reality of it. We are seeing it now in the present. If a man can step out and carry within the other side of him and, and um, see a strange wife and run her down and shoot her seven times after the picnic a whole lamp on his shirt, I beg him, no hurt mommy. And when he shoot her, then he shoot himself. Happened this morning, Walton Park Road. We are living in very, very serious time. Now, if the police in your pocket, you couldn't stop that. Only God can intervene now and take, uh, I don't know, he has to save us by his second coming. Because God can force man to be what he don't want to be. Yes, sir? God don't operate like Satan. Satan forces, God prompts us. Yes? Um, but the wickedness that is going on, the Lord in heaven can't stop and sit down and wait and we know if we get ready at our convenience. We have to get ready in time. We decide no virgin where we are going to drop to get ready for the second coming. God is ready to intervene powerfully in the affairs of this world. His work has to be finished on earth. And before that, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in his greatest fullness in the showers of the lottery. But as a preparation for these outstanding events, the church of God and its individual components need to pass through a deep revival and a complete reformation. A turning point to God and a change of life. Therefore, the call to genuine conversion must resound throughout Zion. Is there a need for revival and reformation? Yes. Joel 2 says, Joel 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, also, 
saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Rend your heart, not your garments. There was a time you know, in Israel where um, persons who committed wrong in order to show their remorse, they tear up their clothes and maybe covering ashes and all of those. That, that's where the rent, rent your garment come from. The Lord said, you know what, no outward show. What he wants is a heartfelt sorrow. Um, sorrow to the point where our heart breaks because of the condition we are in or the, the sins we have committed. That's the repentance God wants. A true, a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. To seek this should be our first work. Our Heavenly Father is more willing to give us His Holy Spirit to them, is willing to give His Holy Spirit to them that ask than our earthly parents to give good gifts to their children. But it is our work by confession, humiliation, repentance, and earnest prayer to fulfill the conditions upon which God has promised to grant us His blessing. So God can pour blessing into sinful hearts and sinful people. Can't fool you with His Holy Spirit if you are harboring sin in your life. Can't fill me with His Holy Spirit if I'm not willing to confess, humble myself and mm. repent and pray to the Lord. Um, there's a prayer deficit in the Adventist church. You know. A prayer deficit among us. It's the hardest point to fill in the Sabbath program. It's the hardest thing to say to the church. Let's ask for four voluntary prayers you kneel down till you drop. You have a call name. People are just not willing to pray. But that's a reflection now of personal life. A reflection of personal life. Not just so much shyness. Uh, don't buy that excuse. Uh, if you are in church praising the Lord and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that he can do everything, he will take shyness away. He did it for Moses. He can do it for us too. Yes. God calls upon those who are willing to be controlled by the Holy Spirit to lead out in a work of thorough reformation. He will do it. But you have to be a yielded and willing vessel for it. Uh, and prayer is not something that you practice. Prayer is not taught by people. 
when, when, when the Lord gave the model prayer to the disciples, the same way he, the same lesson book that he taught them from, we have it available. The whole of it too. So he, so teach us how to pray. He can teach us how to pray. Yes. Um, I see a crisis before us. And the Lord calls for his laborers to come into line. Every soul should now stand in a position of deeper, truer consecration to God. God's people will not endure the test unless there is a revival and a reformation. A reformation is needed among the people, but it should first begin its purifying work with the ministers. Don't say the pastor. No? Don't say the pastor. All of us who are members of the missionary band, who are soldiers of the cross, our ministers <coughs> should begin with us. You're not excluding us. What is the difference between a revival and a reformation? A revival and a reformation must take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. Revival and reformation are two different things. Here's it now. Revival signifies a renewal of spiritual life. A quickening of the powers of mind and heart. A resurrection from spiritual death. Reformation signifies a reorganization. A change in ideas and theories. Habits and practices. What assurance do we have that the Reformation will be effected? Sister White says in Testimonies to Ministers, I have been true, deeply impressed by scenes that have recently passed before me in the night season. There seemed to be a great movement, a work of revival going forward in many places. Our people were moving into line, responding to God's call. So, can there be a reformation? Yes. There can be a reformation if we respond only to the voice of God. There are other voices out there calling, brethren. Well, not out there anymore. They are in here calling. Um, spreading false theories and um, some persons with some very clever talk absolutely clever talk that um, if you don't know the scriptures they are so gifted with speech they, and they, their theories sound very good that no mind you find yourself offering sacrifices for your sins Hmm? So we have to respond only to the voice of God. Only to the scriptures. It is our only safeguard. 
any other revival is going to, is counterfeit. And next week we will look at now discovering Satan next week Wednesday. Discovering Satan's counterfeit to God's true revival. Because everything that the Lord plans, Satan has a counterfeit. Um, many persons who who once were with us and were very diligent. And they find some prosperity and all of a sudden the Bible is no longer a blessed book. It's um, outdated. They have new light. Let us be contented with the old one. It was good for who? Paul and Silas. It was good for Moses and David and all of those. It can be what? Good enough for us too? Uh, and um, careful of people who, who don't like the church. Because the Adventist church has no message of its own. It's the only organization that has no message of its own. The entire catalog of Adventist belief is rooted in the scriptures. You take away the Bible, there can be no Adventist church. No Adventist church. The people who hate the teachings of the church, it's not the church them hate. It's the Lord. Because um, this is the remnant. If there's no other remnant but this one. This is a church in which God has entrusted the truth to be proclaimed to a dying world. And if we are not partakers of that truth, we are opposers to it. Um, many persons in, in high pos- positions, persons of influence, are pushing against the message, pushing against the church, finding fault with everything that the church does. They are not building with the church. It's not like they're giving constructive criticism. They're destroying. They are not promoting revival. They are not promoting reformation. They're promoting destruction. And uh, if we side with them, we're siding with the devil. Serious days are ahead of us. But let me read it first. The author of the letter says, he emphasizes the thought that the greatest crisis ever to confront the church of God need not bring it desperation or confusion. And sometimes when you think about the the, the challenges, you might be tempted to say, um, or to feel desperate. But where a guy is the elder of the church, but he's not the leader of it. Christ is. Um, pastor Blair um, is the pastor, he's not the leader of the church. Christ is. And Ted Wilson is not either. Christ is. Christ sits at the head of his church. And Christ don't fight any losing battle. Here's what the author says. On the contrary, God has made provision 
for every member of his family on earth to be shielded by the power of heaven. They will be accompanied by Jesus, the angels, and the Holy Spirit. Hear people cursing the Holy Spirit and trying to take away his title as God. It's one of the um, what is it? most destructive theory that is out there. And it's finding itself, little by little, coming away from the Muslims, coming right into the Adventist church. Uh, too many of us are listening to Farrakhan and all his foolishness. And it's all good and we take it now, coming to church with it. Yes. Um, they will march, listen to this, God's people, you and I, will march safely through deception, temptation, and persecution, reaching at last by the grace of God, the final victory. So you, you confused and desperate, you don't know Christ yet. You don't know Christ yet. The rapid unfolding events, unfolding of events in the fields of science, politics, economics, morality, and religion, portrayed by the press, radio, television, they never have internet then. Well, they had it, but we didn't know. Gives evidence that we are living in Earth's last hours. The, the Son of grace and mercy is about to be set forever. The short night that precedes the glorious morning will soon commence. My last paragraph. But along the approaching end comes a responsibility to do the work of preaching the gospel to all the world. God will give us an extraordinary measure of divine power to accomplish this task. This stimulates us to redouble our efforts, multiply our enthusiasm, and rededicate our talents to the finishing of the work. But what if the hour of the end catches us and ready? What if the final hour of the world or of our own lives should overtake us as a thief in the night? Hmm? What if we have not made the necessary spiritual preparation? Of what value then would be the knowledge of what will happen? Hmm? So what is another reason? What's the use of knowing the prophecies? Knowing the Daniel prophecy, the Revelation prophecy. Um, the Adventist who is keen in prophecy knows exactly what's going to happen. Don't know the fine print per se, but the big picture, they know. Yes? From the beginning to the end. What if you were not making a spiritual preparation? See things happening, but it don't arouse any urgency in you. You know it for debate, but you never made a personal application. 
Better if you never born. Better if you never born. So the the, the, the the call to us is that as a people, as a church, as individuals, we must make our call an election. We must we must not be selfish either. We must help others along the way. But how do you help? You have to encourage and pray for. Because ultimately every tub has to work out their own salvation. Have to work out their own salvation. But we can pray for people. We can encourage them to find that personal relationship with Christ. And when they find it, they must maintain it. And when you find it in a bridge, you will know. Because the closer you come to God, is the more the devil is going to attack you. And if the devil can't beat you, the devil is like, is really, when, when he's classified by Paul as a roaring lion, it's true. Lions don't attack strong animals. The lion wait whole day looking for the weak one. Easy target. The devil can attack you. Can win you. You find the weak link. The weak link might be your wife. Might be your child. Might be your mother or father. The devil going to use, attack them if it hurt you. Satan is wicked, hateful, spiteful. Every kind of fool you can use if you describe Satan. That's how he is. He come like the gunman. Them. You saw the gunman them operate today. If, 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 them do you, if you do them something and they can't catch you, they're they, they going to do something to somebody you love and say, you're going to come a funeral. And if they see you there, they shoot everybody to try to get you. That's how Satan is. Now he run them. You know. So he operate with us too. So if he can't get you, the strong one, who have found a relationship with Christ, he's going to attack. That's why you need to encourage your family members to cement their relationship with Christ so that their offense can be built around them. Job and I'm strained. Not strained, but I'm overgoing the time, but for our benefit. Job used to pray for his children and offer sacrifice for them. We're not offering sacrifice today, but never never you go on your knee or in your standing up or lying down and pray. And don't put your family in God's hand. Because if if there's a weakness anywhere in one of them, the devil is going to exploit it to hurt you, the true Christian. Let us contemplate these words, brethren, and work on our revival and our reformation, because Jesus is indeed coming soon. Thank you. <coughs>